When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Manchester United Redcast, um, where um, we're here to discuss all things about the greatest club in the world. And um, joined with join, joining me today are Ben Paul. Hello. And the uh, so we've just recently discovered the junior pianist of the year, 1979, Chris Curley. Can I say I was only three and what an achievement that was. And uh, just after my Pontins under 12 pool championship of 1986, when I was age 10. Uh, Gary Barlow can, can sleep soundly knowing that you gave up the, uh, your career on the keyboards that age, Chris. Can, I can give you a little bit of um, Gary Barlow TV um, insider knowledge, if you like, Dan. Um, I'm always the, up for that. Well, the Channel 4 show, Star Stories, which was on in like, the late noughties, um, they did an episode purely on Gary Barlow, and my friend Lee wrote it. And uh, Lee and I were in the pub, and he said, listen, I need to tell you something. I said, what? I said, well, I've based Gary Barlow on you. I went, what? What have you done? What? What do you mean? What do you mean, what have you done? Why have you done that? He says, well, well, I just have. Well, well, well how? How? So I can't tell you. What do you mean you can't tell me? You've got to tell me. I'll tell you when it goes out. I went, okay. So it went out on Channel 4 on a Friday night. Three million people watched it. And I rang him up and I said, I know exactly why you've based Gary Barlow on me. He goes, yeah, go on then. What is it? I went, it's Gary Barlow's self-righteous indignation about being right all the time. <laughs> he went spot on. It's exactly that. So when Barlow is in the, in the episode going, I told you, lads, I told you we'd come back. Howard, I told you, you didn't believe me, but now you do, don't you? That's kind of my life with Lee was pretty much that. And Ben would probably back that up over the last few yeah, years. So, um, well, as far as your righteous indignation goes, do you think we're going to bounce back this time? <laughs> and you're going to tell us that you were right all along about um, Ollie being solid manager and... Um, and United hitting possibly Europe, maybe runners-up spot? Well, I'm still Ollie in, right? And I have to say that I've enjoyed the last two weeks. I mean, they were a great two weeks of fun competing for the title. This past week, 
has been awful. Yet, if you want to think about it a little bit more, it's actually maybe not that surprising. And I go back to like on the game on um, Saturday against Arsenal, it was pretty much the t- same team <coughs> that played last year, apart from a legendary 34 year old striker we got on a free transfer in the last week of the window. So, has you know, the Glazers didn't get the players all he needs. I've said we've said that all along. Um, in games like Sheffield United and Arsenal, maybe that came home to roost a bit that we didn't have the centre back that we that we want for certain situations, and we didn't have the right winger, the professional right winger, to create some more chances that we need, and that Ollie wanted in the summer and never got. So, and the people he did buy, well, one is uh, one was on the bench and Luke made Luke Shaw play well. One Ollie just can't pick or doesn't pick in Van der Beek, and we picked two kids. Uh, one of which has gone back on loan to a Spanish club this week. So, you know, it's surprising because of how good we were doing, but not surprising in other ways. Ben, um, did were you did you did you think that the Sheffield United game would pose as many problems as it did for us? So, if you if if anybody listened to last week's po- podcast or and re-listened to it afterwards, they'd see me making a complete dick of myself because I was convinced this one was going to be. The 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 catch up for the um, the goal difference that we desperately needed to catch up on. I predicted a three or four nil win. I did underestimate Sheffield United. They are they've, they've, they're solid defensively. They've had a run of good form defensively. They were they were stubborn against City yesterday. Um, I didn't expect us to lose. I got to be honest. And again, mistakes, stupid mistakes, and not taking our chances were at fault. I don't want to pick out any individuals. But ben, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't beat yourself up about underestimating them because it seemed like 11 United players did as well. On the <laughs> you know, Sheffield United have hardly got beaten uh, by many goals. It's always been by the odd goal most of the season. But there was a clear, massive lack of intensity uh, and uh, by the United lads last week. And they just turned up, looked like if they just turned up, it would be enough. Um, you know, you know, reveling in the glory and the efforts of what they did on Sunday against Liverpool, and the Premier League has got a nasty habit of biting you on the backside if you behave like that. I think we, um, I think Chris, that we we sometimes you get you get to um, you get to play a team who are coming out of a bad spell of form at the wrong time, and I, and I think there was an element of that with Sheffield United. They looked like a team that had kind of found something a little bit, and I think we, um, it was a, it was a kind of, it was almost like a coming together, a, the perfect storm for that to be the kind of game where we slip up in a way because we've been winning games by you know the odd goal and 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 not really putting teams away. Um, I mean, we got back into it, didn't we, with Slabed's header. And you think, okay, we can go on to win it. And then possibly conceded one of the worst goals I've ever seen, which says a lot when you take into the, the account the goal we conceded in Turkey earlier this year. It was yeah, worse it, than that it's one. Up there. It's up there with the Turkish one, isn't it? I mean, with- I mean, Martial loses the ball on the halfway line. Bad pass by Matic. Gave him no chance because he made a run ahead of him. Couldn't do much. But physically, Martial didn't stick his backside into the centre-half. Got easily robbed. He went down the wing. Martial jogs back after him, doesn't really sprint to get it. On the right-hand side, Rashford does a bit of pointing, sends Maguire the wrong way, then doesn't follow Baldock. Then the ball comes across and Tellez is standing off um, and not pressing the ball. 
rubbish block. De Gea didn't clear it. If we remember that time into the stand, he played yeah. a 10, ten yard pass. I mean, half the team made some elementary errors, and you can't. You know, I'm not going to blame Two and Zebe because um, for for blocking it in a deflection because all the other stuff happened like it was the last five minutes on a five a side pitch, and you knew your time was up. And that was kind of the defending, and they let him shoot, and we were scuppered. It was just a horrendous, awful, lazy goal to concede by half the team. And if you notice on the replay, you'll see Bruno Fernandes is the only one who sprints back and tries to pressure the ball, and he just doesn't quite get there in time, and he nearly did. Yeah, really would have, really would have been back there. Yeah, I mean, I think we 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 sort of we. We've we've seen Martial kind of come into form and kind of go out of form. Um, do we do we think this could be the the season that maybe Oli loses patience with him? I thought, I would have thought he would have lost his patience already. We talked about it during the game on our WhatsApp thread. I would I was surprised, disappointed that when McTominay came off, that he didn't shift Rashford over to the left and bring on Greenwood on the right because. We've Rashford was playing out of position again, had a disappointing game. He's much better on the left than Martial. And I can't believe it. I, after that performance against Sheffield United, I was surprised and disappointed that he well, brought well, Martial. Martial was centre forward, wasn't he, against Sheffield United? And physically, he makes it so easy for the defenders because he doesn't physically challenge them. And someone like Jagielka had him in his pocket. You know, he can be. He looks easily bullied. That I, if I was a centre half, I'd feel pretty confident marking him because I know if I give this lad a kick early doors or get right up his backside, he's he's not gonna um, challenge me in that way. All I've got to do is stop him from turning and running at me, and that's it. And and I just think this his inconsistency is a massive issue when that when when he's still playing like he's 19 years old and he's been in the first team now six years and I don't see much difference or progression for that time in terms of his consistency. He's got all the ability in the world, but to be a top player at a top club, you've got to be seven, eight out of 10 every week, really. And he, he's not. Yeah, he doesn't. I don't think he's he's ever going to be that, the, the sort of the, like the number nine um as it were, that, say, the, in the way Cavani plays that sort of number nine position and sort of spearheads it and and really kind of takes, he almost takes that air of the pitch and and makes it his own, doesn't he? He sort of, you know, he's a, he's a presence. Uh, in the same way that um, uh, um, Zlatan was, you know, that he, he kind of, he, he, he dominates that air of the pitch and uh, Martial sort of flits in and out too much for me. And, he totally and, drifts. And, you know, last year he got 20 goals and was fantastic, but he scored two. You know, we're missing, well, this time last year, he probably about 10 goals. So when we say we're missing 10 goals from that team, well, that mm. could be like six points, you know? And it's like, you know, that's a big, pro- that is a big, big worry going into the second half of the season that where are the goals coming from? We're missing, we're missing goals we had last year that we haven't got this year. And who's going to get them and how we're going to get them. That That's a, that was a worry for me um, after Sheffield United, but became more of a worry after Arsenal because he, Wally rightly dropped him and then brought him on. And he did nothing. He did nothing for 60 minutes, Martial. 
he was no he was no real threat for me. And that's frustrating because I'm a massive fan of his because of the ability he's got when you see it. You just don't see it often enough. And you've got to at that level. And that's what Man United need. Ben, were you surprised at the um at the at, at the lack of goal action in the Arsenal game? Yeah, I, I was because we have been an attack, a threat going forward. I felt we would we started off too defensively. I, I don't like it when we play with two defensive, central defensive midfielders. Um, I don't like it when the McTominay and Fred against an Arsenal that were there for the taking could do the job. One person, one player should really do that job. And Pogba should have slotted in next to him with Rashford out on the left and Green Greer on the right. That for me is an attacking threat. That shows intent. I don't think we had that intent. And because of that, I don't think we were the goal threat that we should have been. I mean, they were there for the taking. Their biggest creatives, and they play on the front foot, Arsenal, their biggest creatives, Tierney and Baka and, and Aubameyang, who you know does get a decent amount of goals, they were all missing. Arsenal were there for the taking. And we, we were too defensive. It's almost like Oli's got a bit of block against the top six, Maybe a, still a hangover from the six-one defeat against Tottenham. It's almost like he's so he's still too scared of losing that he doesn't go full pelt for the on the attack. But I think I, I kind of agree with you, and then I kind of disagree with you because I think you know Fred and McTominay, <coughs> excuse me, when they're together in midfield, give Ollie uh, a defensive base, and probably after Sheffield United, he kind of wanted that. Um, because that's what he trusts, because of the inconsistencies of the rest of them. Yet Fred and McTominay are pretty reliable when they play together. My problem on uh, Saturday against Arsenal was that I thought I thought the intensity was better than Sheffield United. But what we desperately lacked, and it goes to Ben's point about players playing out of position and having to put Rashford right and Pogba left and what have you, is that there was just a lack of quality in the final third. Like, like a top quality that you need to take the chances in those kind of games. And, you know, Cavani missed two chances. Bruno was through and made a, made a chance, a half chance into a real chance and put it, put it wide. Rashford had a chance at the far, at the far post in the first half and Dilly dallied with his feet. There was just some indecision in the final third and lack of uh, clinical quality that meant that those chances we did create four or five, we didn't take. And, and that's a worry because we keep seeing that. We keep seeing these habits that these players have got keep turning up at the completely wrong time. We're going to uh, we're going to just take a short break now, but we'll be back with more from the People's Pundit and uh, two Christian named Ben Paul right after this break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike 
or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back to the United Redcast, where um, myself, Dan Riley, is joined by Ben Paul and uh, Chris, the uh, the tinkle man, Curly. Um, you can you can find out more about that um, if you uh, Google him. Um, we're going back to continue talking about the Arsenal game. Um, I wasn't surprised at the score. I I called it with um, with with a few friends of mine because after. A big after an important defeat or after a defeat with United, I, the next game, Ollie always tends to not lose. So I wasn't surprised that it was nil nil. It was one of those games where where a defeat would have been bad for us. It would have rocked the confidence. And I think for uh, the reason I I predicted the nil nil was because I thought that Arsenal don't want a defeat at this point. So it almost it, it was almost inevitable that 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 was going to be like that, um, but again, you said there, um, Chris, you touched upon taking the chances. I think that's probably the difference, isn't it? When when it comes to the the the, tie, the sides that win a title and the sides that are, are are the nearly men, it's those games where if you don't put those chances away. You're just you're just gonna you're gonna drift, and I think so. Moving forward, we have a game with with Southampton coming up tomorrow. Um, what do you think? What do you think the uh, the the attack is going to look like for that one? Because um, they're a funny team, Southampton. They can they can pull out a, a really good performance, and then they can look quite ordinary. So, what, what do you I, think? I, well, I think Southampton are struggling with injuries. Um, at the moment, particularly in in midfield, so um, Hasenhutl uh, at the weekend said that you know we're going to have to make do and maybe play a couple of kids from the start on Tuesday night because of that's what happened to the squad. We, for United, I I I'm thinking that they might just need a bit of a spark, a bit of something different, a bit of something of a challenge. I mean, you know, we've seen. Greenwood come in, yes, score great against Liverpool, but be soft against Sheffield United. Um, you know, can Cavani at his age put turn around from Saturday to Tuesday to start? Martial's out of form, Rashford's been out of position. You know, does that front line need a bit of difference? Like, I was a little bit surprised even that James or Mata didn't come on uh, to play on the right side even when it got to later on in the game. Or even Van der Beek um, get him on the pitch. Is it more than that? Do you need a completely new spark? I mean, this the punt is Diallo, that Diallo's debut in the under 23s, and we shouldn't get excited, but I did watch it, was class. I mean, he was just he's just levels. He is just levels. He reminded me of Mo Salah, actually, more than anyone else, in terms of his um what the way he pressed, his composure in front of goal, um, his all-round ability and his cheekiness. I mean, the penalty Penenka was hilarious straight down the middle, um, took all the headlines off the kid up front, Hugill. But maybe Diallo, maybe it's the kind of game you start Diallo for 60 minutes and say, go on, have a go on the right wing. And it might just inspire the rest of them because I think they need some inspiration somewhere against the slog of playing these games twice a week of the same players rotating. Maybe they just need some different kind of spark. Ben, can you see can you see Diallo um, coming in? I mean, I'd I'd I'd, I'd be surprised, but uh, but maybe maybe it's maybe it's a time to give um, Dan James a start. 
Well, we did live that uh, under 23 games that uh, through Chris's uh, online commentary for the four <laughs> of us. Um, it, if there is yeah, a, I did ask for it. <laughs> I did ask for it and I wanted it, of course. If there's a positive to um, to draw from this week, it's the performance of that under-23 team. Joe, is it Joe Hugh Gill? Hugh Gill scoring uh, four goals. Um, he's, a, he's, he's a mere, what, 18-year-old? 17. 17. Okay. Well, there's, you know, and against Liverpool as well. And, and the performance of, of, of Armadillo, I'd... It's one of those things, isn't it? You could either you could throw him in, and he could ruin ruin his confidence by being completely um, overwhelmed, or he could absolutely just take it and take it on the nose. And, and I mean, physically, physically, might not be quite there yet for proper Premier League men's football. He might, you know, need a couple more weeks to get up to speed with his strength and conditioning type of stuff. I think my point is, it just feels like the team needs a spark. It needs something a bit different to energize them a little bit. In, in the amongst the workload of all the games they've got, that's what that's my point really. Maybe Diallo might be it. Maybe a twenty minute cameo off the bench might do it. No, but, appreciate that. no, no, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's what's missing from that front line at the moment. It, I'm all for it, it. It's it's square pegs in round holes. Too many players. Cavani's going to be the centre forward, right? From now to the end of the season, he's going to be first choice as the number nine. Rashford should be left wing because he's the best left winger. Yeah, well, Ollie wanted a right winger because he had no natural person to play in that position, and at the moment, that's a problem because it puts more pressure. You got a left-footed inverted winger on that side. It puts more pressure on Wan-Bissaka to get up the right and deliver some attacking play, and that's not his strength. So you know that's half your a third of your attacking ability isn't what it the level that it should be, and I think that's that's kind of a problem when you're playing all these games, especially so close together. Um, and Southampton always give us a tough game because, you know, they press hard, they chase and they harry. And they've got some quality in the final third with Danny Ings that can take a chance and, and finish off and suddenly you could be 1-0 down and you're playing catch-up again. I think in terms of, in terms of you know, the, the, the tiredness of that, the, you know, must must undoubtedly be, be creeping in at this stage because of the the relentlessness of this season. Um, and of course, you know, the, the workload um, doesn't stop. We've got, you know, as we know, we've got Southampton coming up, followed by uh, another league game at the weekend and then another FA Cup game the following Tuesday. So I think I, I, I would imagine we're going to see Van der Beek starting in this game, I would have thought. Do you think, and do you think we could maybe, could would he, would he possibly consider putting Pogba on the left side? Of a of a, of a, of an attack, maybe, maybe get Pogba further up the pitch, and and get him involved in the in you know in the in closer to 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 goal where yeah, you know he's had the, to test. I mean that was the plan against Arsenal to start the team was 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 to do that. But the problem still arises about compromising Rashford on the right, and he he just doesn't look natural there. He doesn't look comfortable mm. there. He looks like he's working it out there, and. Um, you know that's that's kind of tough, but yeah, I'd I'd, I'd agree with all that. It's, it's does Rashford um, need a break, maybe Chris, because he's he has had an, he has he, had an injury, hasn't he? <coughs> he could. I mean, he could. You know, he came back. He did his knee, didn't he, against Liverpool in the last ten mm. minutes, and he was a doubt. And then he played terribly against Sheffield United, frankly. And it's like, well, did you really need to start him like that? Yeah. Um, you know, so there's those kind of issues. It, it goes back to that freshness, and Van der Beek definitely deserves a run. He. He um he played against Southampton, didn't he? In the in the in the home tie, in the first. I see him play a little bit for deeper. I don't think he should play. Deeper, 
I'd like to see him next to Fred or McTominay or Matic. I agree, because I think he can do it. I think yeah. in certain games, against certain teams, where they're kind of possession teams, and then I think Van der Beek will keep the ball and, and move the ball quicker and there's more space. I mean, Sheffield United sat back. You know, one of the things people don't talk about is how slow we were in central midfield last week and at the back, between the centre-backs, of passing the ball around. There were too many touches and too slow passing. And it makes it really easy to defend against. We've seen that time and time again. And maybe you need to play a little bit more direct sometimes, a little bit quicker. Um, it's it's going to be a difficult week this week, I feel. I think it's going to be difficult. But it goes back to, you know, two weeks ago, you know, we're top of the table, feeling really confident. And you're like, well, this is the time the board invests in giving Ollie what he needs to kind of really make a proper title challenge. Liverpool are going to buy two centre-backs today. Granted, last minute. And they've left it, but they're going to do it because they know they need it to challenge for the title. Mm. Uh, and that's what a proper football club does. You what, know, what, and, what do you think we will be doing, Chris? There, there's some loans, isn't there? I think there's some loans. I think we'll have to say, you know, our fond farewell. I mean, my minibus is busy today driving to the airport. <laughs> uh, I've got to say, I've got to do that's the next thing I do after this. So, in, in going in the minibus, um, Marcos Rojo. He's going to finally leave. Is he? Um, he's going to finally leave. We're going to, we're going to rip up his contract and he's going to back to Argentina to play for Boca Juniors. I'll tell you a Marco Rocco story. He um, he went to Tiffany's in Manchester, a jeweller's, and bought some diamond earrings. Uh, he, he, and he liked a pair. There were £4,000, these diamond earrings. He went, I'll have three of them. So he bought three sets, 12 grand. And then when he got home and he looked at the receipt, he read it wrong and it was 120 grand. <laughs> so so Marco will be trying to get those through uh, customs Um, Jesse Lingard as we know is now a happy it's hammer time for Jesse um, down at West Ham we said goodbye to him on Friday Um, looked like Romero no I can't I can't get anyone to take him in the minibus um, Romero that's that's kind of that amazes me really because he is a really really good goalkeeper I think he's done a fantastic job for us. And I think yeah. we've marshaled, you know, we've not treated him very well. No. Um, Brandon Williams is going to stay. We're going to keep, we're going to keep hold of him. Ollie says he's not going to let him go. He still wants him there. It's probably wise. Um, Wayne Rooney has been on the blower um, at Derby and he's going to take our young centre half. Who's been training with the first team, Ted and Mengi to Derby for the rest of the season. That'll that's, be good for him. Won't it? That's a good, that's a good, That'll be a good experience. Good club to go to because, and you know, because it's a, it's a, they've got a decent team there, and I think also the fact he's going to be, he's going to be playing under under Rooney. Um, that's that's just well, a, for Mengi under Rooney, yeah. But Lingard under Moyes will be interesting uh, again. It'll yeah. be like, <laughs> usually, it's seventy year old grandmothers who are playing under Rooney, but <laughs> that's an old joke. That that is an old joke. That that's like two thousand and four Rooney. That that is. You know. yeah. It also, I'm pretty sure it wasn't actually true. <laughs> I think there was a there was, there was some dispute there. But just with um, the other loans, though, just with the other loans that have gone on, um, for those that might not know, but some promising players went on went on basically they went on loan at the start of the season and it's not worked out. So Tahiti Chong was at Werder Bremen, I think. Uh, that's been terminated and he's gone to Belgium to Club Bruges. Uh, Jimmy Gardner went to Watford. That's been terminated, and he signed for Nottingham Forest. So he's going to be there the rest of the season. Um, Dylan Levitt, his loan got terminated at Charlton, and he's back in the club. So there might still be a few loans um, that happened today um, with 
Levitt, who will look to get into the Euro squad with Wales um, in the summer, he might want to play regular football. And there could be a couple of players from that under-23s who, who did really well. I was really impressed with um, Ethan Galbraith and Hannibal on, on Saturday. Um, so, you know, that side of things will be busy in the loan department today, probably. We've um, also let um, Palestri, the, um, the the guy we signed that, from yeah, Uruguay, to go to, to Alaves. Alaves in Spain, and yeah. that goes back to my point of, of the last deadline day when we're all, oh, we've signed this young Uruguayan and everyone's frantically watching him on YouTube to go, is he any good? And they go, oh, isn't he just a, like Dan James? And they give it all the big I am and sell about how, you know, you know five signings on deadline day, all that we have invested. Well, you haven't. The team isn't as much as, as the team hasn't improved as much as it should have done from last year, I think. So, what's Phil Jones news? Uh, who? Phil Jones. I mean, yeah. we could, I could basically go down the East Lanks on the minibus and drop him off at Liverpool with pleasure. They could have him for free. They need a centre-half. Well, wasn't, he, wasn't Brucey going to take him? I think he's still injured. Like, yeah, he, I, I, think I, he, think, I think that's no the really problem. Every deadline day, he picks up an injury. <laughs> Here's a frightening thing, though, right? It, in the summer, it'll, Phil Jones would have been there 10 years. Wow. I mean, doesn't that age you? I remember when we signed um, him, I was on holiday with, uh, with, with Pat Nevin. <laughs> Pat Nevin and... Uh, that, sounds, that sounds like a pitch for a Channel 5 show. Holidaying <laughs> with Pat Nevin. It was me, Pat Nevin, Perry Groves and Colin Murray. It was actually <laughs> Colin Murray's stag weekend. And, um, <laughs> and it, Pat Nevin turns to me and goes, I would have 11 Phil Joneses in my team. He's that good. He's brilliant on both a left back, right back, t- centre half, holding midfield. He can do anything. He's a brilliant signing. How, yeah, many, but, how many pints was he into that session when he came out with that pearl? I think he well, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I won't be drawn on this, but there were there was there were hallucinogenics on the table. Dear <laughs> <laughs> uh, me, did they, they they didn't put the call into Frank McAvenny then? Did they at any point later on in the? Uh, in the day, although I do believe Frank was uh, cleared of all charges. Um, anyway, moving on to the next weekend, we have got we are facing Everton, um, an Everton team who got turned over very unexpectedly by uh, by Newcastle this weekend. So that could be a um, that could be an interesting one because again, Everton aren't going to want to um, are going to want to sort of uh, get back on track. And and I think we know Everton have a very very good front three, don't they? They really, they, they do, and that's why they've been a bit inconsistent, but they're a definite threat. You know, everyone knows I'm a massive fan of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and I think, you know, he's someone we should consider to join Old Trafford, in, to be at Old Trafford in the future. I think this, next, this week is a really big week for United, with Southampton and Everton both being at home. Um, in light of the recent results, City looking strong, Liverpool creeping back into it, well, City have got to play Spurs and Liverpool in their next two games. So there's a chance they might drop points in those games. Um, you know, Aguero may be back for them. But that's why these these two home games this week are massively important in the title race, just to get us back in there and make us all feel like we're back in there. Because I think after the last two results, we don't feel that way. Um, Everton are, are always competitive at Old Trafford recently. So, you know, the confidence we can gain out of beating Southampton will will help us on Saturday. 
Yeah. Do you think, Ben, do you, can you, do you think we can get a result against Southampton and, and sort of get, if you like, get the confidence back on board and then go into that Everton game and, and looking for, you know, to get a little bit of a, think, uh, a six points? I think confidence breeds confidence. If, if Ollie sees that we didn't lose, and you're right, he probably went out with that team so he didn't lose against Arsenal. If, he, if he's a bit more confident, Maybe adds a bit more flair in the central midfield without having to play two holding midfielders. Yeah, of course we can get a result. If we just remember the last few weeks, not just last week, we've got the players, we've got the tactics, we can do whatever we want. I think we can get a victory. I mean, one of the reasons, weirdly, that might help us be more attacking is if Eric Bailly can come back into the team, particularly in the whole get-home games. Because yeah, I mean, the training, again... Yeah, but I think we can defend higher up the pitch and he can cover with his pace, which means you don't need two screeners in midfield. Mm. And you can play Van der Beek with a Fred or with a McTominay if he's recovered from his stomach cramps. Maybe maybe that could be could unlock the attacking uh, prowess within the team uh, in these two big games this week. I think it's a big week for our season, this. Yeah. I really do think it's a big week for our season because if we can get six points, we're kind of back on track. And we're moving forward. If we don't, I think I think psychologically it could just make them, you know, drop their shoulders quite for a substantial time, which will be tough to pick up again. Yeah, and obviously we've got the just going forward. We'll talk about it next week, but we've got the uh, the, the cup game to follow. So I think two, you know, two victories. Um, would would stand us in good stead for that one. Um, so just to 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 to, to um, going to do a bit of a wrap up. I mean, just uh, in any in other business, Chelsea um, Chelsea seem to um, have uh, you know picked up a bit the last um, the last two games, two clean sheets under Thomas Tuchel. Do you think they could um, they could sort of be a, a, a if you like a uh, an annoyance for some of our for our two rivals, City and. Uh, and uh, and Liverpool. Well, they're they're about eight points behind us. I think his breakthrough came with he put Hudson Adoy and Alonso as as wing backs, and they were a revelation. They've always had the players. I mean, they've just spent a quarter of a billion. Um, he speaks German, so he can probably tell Thomas Werner and uh, Kai Havertz to play better <laughs> in a language that they understand. Um, it's, good, it's, good, it's good, Thomas. Yeah, yeah, good goal, Thomas. Goal, Timo. That's my uh, Thomas Tuchel impression. That's very good. Manchester um, is then grows the understat Thomas in Northwest England. Get the one from the thousand Einwohner on Villa Fabrica and Kaufhäuser, Timo. Entschuldigung, wie kommen wir am besten zum Bahnhof bitte? Um, and on that, on that, on that lesson of German, um, I think it's time for us to just take a final prediction. Um, ben Paul, two games: Southampton and Everton. Hey. Against Southampton, we'll win 2-1. Against Everton, we'll win 2-0. And then uh, we'll see what happens after that. Chris? Sneaky, a sneaky 2-1. No, I'm going to go a sneaky 2-0 against Southampton um, because we'll get them late. And then Everton, a uh, tough 1-0. Bruno penalty, thanks to VAR. What about you, Dan? What What about you, Dan? What do you think? Um, I can. I think it's time for me to pull out my usual. I, I always reach for it when we need him. I'm going to say Cavani is going to bag two braces, and uh, and we're going to we're going to come home with the points. Um, should, be, should put a bet on that. It's it's almost the GameStop <laughs> sh- uh, share tip 
of the of the Redcast. Yeah, there you go, everyone. Get get on get to your local bookies. Cavani, Cavani, two braces and uh, happy days. Um, so with that, we shall bid you farewell from the United Redcast. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, and good night. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at unitedredcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.